Today's episode contains sensitive subject matter concerning sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at the state news's biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. I'm copy editor Griffin Wiles. This week, we will be talking to several reporters who contributed to our Fostering Change print issue. We are here with Wendy Guzman, the student government reporter, who wrote about several activism groups that emerged and fought for change after the university's mishandling of reports against Larry Nassar's abuse. Two years after these groups formed, they're still fighting for change and transparency at Michigan State. Thanks for joining us, Wendy. Hi, thank you for having me. So can you just talk a little bit about the groups mentioned in the story and what they've aimed to do? Um, yeah, so uh, Carly Graham, who worked on this story with me, she was able to get in contact with Reclaim MSU, who have done a lot when it comes to the type of stuff. They gained a lot of traction with the Board of Trustees, and it's just kind of like a group made up of students and staff who are very active and try to address problems at MSU, and specifically, you know, sexual uh, violence and the survivors. Um, we also spoke to uh, Parents of Sister Survivors Engage, or Posse, who that was created after um, Nasser's case. And it's just of parents of, of sister survivors and showing how many people have, re- have really been impacted by the abuse. Um, there's a lot of people who aren't obviously just the survivors, but the family goes through a lot of stuff as well, so that's a really cool thing. Um, and then there was also Army of Survivors. Uh, they're a national organization in support of survivors who are athletes. So I personally spoke to Danielle Moore, who, um, Dr. Danielle Moore, she is part of that. Uh, she was one of the people who spoke on the first day of Nash's trial in the morning. And she just gave me a lot of information just about how dreading it was that day, how, what actually giving her statement and everything meant to her and just how MSU has kind of changed over the years and how her outlook on it is very different to how it was when she was younger growing up. She used to love going to games and she was big Spartan, big MSU fan and kind of she can't even look at things that way anymore. So what was maybe something that stuck out to you when talking to group members and writing the story? Um, Probably just that, well, it didn't necessarily surprise me. It more surprised the way that it they it kind of affects them, so how they live now. So sure, maybe there's justice, maybe they got money, but it never really goes away. They're still in pain. And again, that's something you would assume, but to hear it from someone like the person that is in pain, it's just kind of, it almost hits differently than just assuming. Um, Danielle, she, she would, like, she said that I remember she said the pain is raw like it's still there and it's never gonna go away no amount of money is ever gonna change the fact that she was hurting and that it was really traumatic for her and a lot of other people so I thought that was very interesting is there anything else you'd like to add um just that I think that it's really important for these groups to that it's really impactful that they're you know taking a stand and they're trying to 
have some type of change and just even just in support sometimes that's all that people need and it's good that there's so many people not even just the ones mentioned but there's so many other groups that are all dedicated to the same thing and it's great that people care all right thank you so much for being on wendy it was a pleasure talking to you thank you for having me For a January 23rd print edition, copy chief Alan Hedinger wrote a column titled Men's Experiences of Sexual Assault Are Too Often Erased. Alan has joined us today to talk more about his column. Thank you for being here, Alan. Thank you for having me. What inspired you to write this column for the print edition? Well, so this um, obviously was the survivor edition, and um, I consider myself a survivor of sexual assault, but it took me a long time to actually apply that label to myself, just because I had no way to like contextualize my experiences or like understand them and so I wanted to write this to um both talk about the fact that I was unable to like contextualize it for so long and to um give other men who are survivors of sexual assault a um lens through which to contextualize their experiences. Can you talk a little more about the No More at MSU survey statistics and what was something that stuck out to you while looking at this survey? Yeah, so this is a survey that was put out by MSU's Relationship Violence and Sexual Misconduct Expert Advisory Workgroup in um, November. And this was one of the main things that inspired me to write this because um, the numbers were a lot higher for um, men as well as women. They're very shocking numbers, but I thought the numbers... Um, for men were significantly higher than I expected. Um, 8.5% of undergraduate men experienced sexual assault since enrolling at MSU. Um, they've got a detailed breakdown for the 2018 to 19 academic year. And overall, they found that 3.5% of men, undergraduate men, I should say, um, experienced sexual assault compared to 12.9% of women overall. Um, and I noticed that that number was 10% for um, gay men just within that year. And I should note, I cited the statistic for gay men instead of bisexual men, um, even though I'm bisexual, just because they didn't have enough reliable data to even give a number for um, the percent of bisexual men that experienced sexual assault. So all of those things really stuck out to me and I felt like as part of that 8.5% of men that have experienced sexual assault since enrolling at MSU, I should tell my story. Is there anything else you wanted to share about writing this column or working on this print edition? I just wanna say, if anyone listening um, has experienced sexual assault, your experiences are valid. Thank you once again for joining us, Alan. Thank you for having me. Another column published in our January 23rd print edition was a column by General Assignment Campus reporter C.J. Moore titled, Two Years Later, This Is How I Reconcile My Time at Michigan State. Here to talk about this column is C.J. Thank you for joining us. Hey Griffin, thanks for having me. Of course. So what inspired you to write this column? So over the last four years, I remember arriving at Michigan State as a freshman and just being extremely excited about what was to come in the future. And then I remember a day in September 2016 where I picked up a copy of the Lansing State Journal and on the front page was um, the news that Nasser had been fired from Michigan State. 
And so that, for me, kind of was the, the starting the starting point of my knowledge of that. And here, years later, I sit just looking at all that's occurred since, since that day. And I think um, part of the reason why I wanted to write this column is because I am just dissatisfied with the way that Michigan State, as an institution, has handled everything that's happened from that point. So I wanted to write a column expressing those thoughts because, I, I mean, I've worked for the State News for two years now, and so much has come out since then. We've seen it um, happening. We've covered it. And I just wanted to collect my thoughts on that. And one column certainly wasn't enough to, I think, encompass everything that's happened um, and all the individual little thoughts that you think day to day about just the, the history of it. But the, the point of this column was to just get some thoughts out. What has it been like reporting on campus-related coverage for the past two years at the State News as an MSU student, but also as a journalist? So I'm a journalism major here at Michigan State, and many of us, seeing as how this is a student newspaper, many of us here are also journalism majors. And one thing that a lot of J schools teach you firsthand is this concept of being objective, that you tell both sides of a story. In the past couple of years, I shouldn't say a couple of years, over the past decade, I would say, there has been a movement away of this term objectivity. And we've moved away from that to move toward seeking the truth. The truth is more important here. So for me, telling the truth to approach a survivor and say, I'm sorry this happened to you, I believe you, is key to what should be a different understanding of journalism, in my opinion. I hope that makes sense. But more often than not, the truth is revealed and I think it's important that we let survivors as journalists know that we see them as humans. And I know that a lot of J school professors would listen to what I'm saying right now and say, no, that's not how we do things. You have to tell both sides of the story. The thing is, there are not always two truthful sides of a story. If, if there are just there's just the truth, and I, I think that we could all, as journalists, be a little more sensitive to what survivors are telling us to what they're bringing forward and talking about, um, especially as it relates to their stories of sexual abuse and of rape. I think that we owe them an ear to listen, and I think we need to forego this concept of total objectivity. Is there anything else you wanted to say about writing this column? Yeah, so I think I think I definitely get my thoughts out about my 
anger with the administration, especially just the leadership, if you can call it leadership, it really wasn't during Angler's tenure here. I, there was an instance where he talked about Rachel Denhollander only trying to stir up survivor outrage against the university because she wanted financial kickbacks from her lawyer. To me, after witnessing what had happened in 2018 with the victim impact statements, with Nasser being sentenced, and for him to say that in a time where the community was just trying to heal and the survivors were as well, for him to say that was just shattering of my image of MSU as a whole. And it made me just incredibly angry with the leadership. In hindsight, after writing this column, part of me wonders if I should have tried to get a different voice, maybe the voice of a survivor, to tell their story instead of me telling mine or me telling my opinion, I should say. Um, Like I said, I think we as journalists owe it to survivors to, you know, tell the world what they have to say, what they want to say. So there's that. I also think that many folks, many students on campus would probably who are my age, they would probably say they feel the same way as I do. Um, We are part of the generation of Michigan State students that witnessed all this turmoil at the university, witnessed it in crisis, witnessed so many administrative turnovers, and the bringing in and changing of different leadership. Thank you so much for joining us, CJ. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at the state news's biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The S News, on Instagram at State News, and at statenews.com.